Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Jim Jackson joins us. Jim, welcome. Such a pleasure to have you back. Great to be back. All right. So, uh, beat the expansion team, then they beat the Bruins. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, how do you say, you know, it's only two games in into this thing, but you know, what's your thought process and what we're seeing to this point? You know, obviously Vancouver, too, is the shootout. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing some good and, and some bad. I mean, I, I don't want to get too caught up in the win last night because if, if you think about last year, um, the team actually won quite a few games early in the year, like last night where they were outchanced and outshot. And, uh, you know, we, were, we kept saying, oh, you know, they're winning, but they got to play better. I, I mean, I don't think last night was exactly like that because there were some real good signs, but, uh, you know, they weren't. It wasn't like the Flyers dominated the, the Bruins by the, the – how you would think looking at the final score. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I was impressed with how they played against the Kraken. I know it was an expansion team, but they have been in every other game they've played, either a one-goal game or one goal with an empty netter, and, and, and the Flyers actually blew them out. So uh, that was impressive. Um, when you look deeper inside of, of how they're getting to, to the results, I think that's where you're more optimistic because you're seeing a, a lot of real good contributions from some of the newcomers. And you're seeing signs that some of the players who uh, took a step back last year are, are perhaps ready to, to get back to where they were and then some this year, like Travis Konechny. So um, I, I think there are some real good signs. And you, know, you get five out of six points in your first three games, you can't complain too much. No, that's good. No, that's, that's a good start. Look, they revamped the roster. Uh, and part, one of them is a guy like Cam Atkinson that they acquired in that deal with Columbus, uh, who had a couple of goals against the Bruins. So how have you felt about how you have to have the ability to assimilate everybody? Are you seeing any early cohesion, or is this something that's a better question a month from now? Well, it will be a better question in a month for sure, but with what we have for evidence right now, genuinely a small sample size, obviously, but I really like what I've seen from from certain aspects of of the newcomers uh, meshing in. The, The two most notable are... Uh, Atkinson and Brassard, who actually aren't newcomers to each other. They played on the same line in Columbus back right. when uh, Atkinson's career was just starting. But then you throw Farabee on that line, and that has just been uh, a tremendous line. They really have looked good. They've, they've spent most of the time in the offensive zone. They've produced. Um, and, you know, this is a line that's only together because Kevin Hayes is injured. So uh, it, it's really been, I think, their best line so far through the first three games. I guess we should we should call it the Fab Line at this point, right? That so, <laughs> sure, let's have uh, fun with it. Yeah, as long as they're playing well, it's the Fab Line. But uh, so there's there's certainly good signs in, in how Broussard and Atkinson have, have mixed in, and then Ryan Ellis and, and Ivan Provorov have looked really good as a top pair defensively, and I, that was so important that they find a good uh, defense mate for Provorov. Uh, missed Matt Niskanen, of course, last year, and uh, they went out and got Ellis, and he's just everything that Niskanen is, and maybe even a little bit better. I mean, he's just a really good player, so uh, that that part has meshed really well, too, and yeah, you can't complain with Martin Jones for his performance, either. He had to make a lot of saves last night, right. and he got, got his team to victory and made some, some big stops, so, so yeah, you're seeing signs of uh, the newcomers fitting in. There's still other areas where it has to get better, and uh, you know that's what they're going to work on. Here's that they work through this early season schedule, which is one of a lot of breaks, a lot of days off, which uh, they better enjoy now because it's going to get hectic. Yeah, it's going to get hectic. Um, 
but you take somebody like, for example, the left winger, Joel Farabee, third year with the club, Sean Couturier. I mean, you're talking about guys that have been mainstays for them. What are you seeing from those two guys early on? Because Farabee had a big play last night where he fed uh, Atkinson for a goal. Yeah, Farabee's, uh, I mean, he's had multiple point games in each of the first three games. If he does it um, Saturday night, he'll be only the second flyer ever to do that. So he's uh, off to a great start production-wise. But really, when you look at Joel, you're looking at a guy who had taken a big step last year, one of the few flyers who did that, and seems to, and it's very early again, in small sample size, but seems to be taking another step. And they they rewarded him with a long-term contract in the offseason, which you don't usually see for a 20-year-old. You're starting to see more of them now in the NHL. But uh, usually it was, uh, you know, let him play out their entry level and then give him a bridge deal a couple years and get him to free agency and see what happens. But they went ahead and signed him to a long-term deal. They're confident that he wasn't going to get full of himself off of his good performance last year when he led the team in goals. And and I think they were right. He, He really looks like he's poised for a big year. Uh, so all, all thumbs up on Joel and, and Couturier. You know he he had to play last night almost every shift against the perfection line from Boston, the Bergeron and the Marchand and Pasternak line. Uh, so you had to think, okay, if he can at least control them or at least slow them down, they had a chance to win. And that line did not score a goal when they were out against the Couturier line. They did score once uh, against the fourth line and second defense pair after an icing call, but. When Couturier's line was out there, uh, they were able to, to kind of slow down one of the top lines, if not the top line in hockey. So he did his job, even though you know the production from, from Coots is, is uh, something that you take almost as a bonus. He's that good defensively. So uh, I think you, you know what you're going to get from Couturier. Both of those guys, Farabee and Couturier, got rewarded with long-term contracts in the offseason, and so far they're certainly living up to them. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you mentioned Seattle earlier, and they beat Seattle 6-1. to one. Uh, the the NHL's big now, thirty two teams, uh, but they're at all corners of the map in North America. How have you felt about the growth of the NHL, and what has it done? Do you think for the growth of hockey in this country? Uh, it's definitely coming, and I do think that the fact that the it's back on ESPN and TNT's jumped in. Is, is going to actually help grow the game, too. This is not a shot at NBC, who I, I work for. Uh, it, it's just that it's different network. It's, it's two networks instead of one. It's ESPN, which, of course, you know, they're the self-proclaimed worldwide leader and all that. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the bottom line is I think that that won't hurt either. But if, if I just go back to, um, geez, maybe 20 years ago, when I was first, I'm 20, I've been down here in 28 years, hard to believe. But, but we, even when, from when I first came down to Philadelphia, which was in the early 90s, um, you think about how far the game has, has come in places uh, that weren't hockey markets at all back then. Then we're kind of struggling infant markets, and now you can go and you really look grassroots. The youth hockey is growing in, in um, you know, in Arizona. It's growing. In California, where we're now seeing players make it to the NHL from California, and good ones, uh, Cam York or the Flyers, uh, at some point will be one of those. So, yeah, you know, Florida, it's just there's no doubt it's growing. One of the reasons why the NHL and hockey never uh, has gotten the national ratings is because they weren't really a presence in those southern markets and in markets to the west and markets where they didn't have teams. That takes a long time to grow that grassroots support. 
and it's happening now. It is happening. I don't think that you're necessarily going to see the NHL top the NBA in, in national ratings because the you know, basketball is everywhere. But in the markets where you have an NBA team and an NHL team, it's, it's pretty competitive. In some markets, the NHL team wins. So uh, the NHL has come a long way. And uh, Gary Bettman deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean, he's done some things that uh, I wasn't necessarily in favor of using work stoppages that, that uh, he had to get things the way he wanted them, and uh, he did. But from a marketing standpoint and involving the corporate world and uh, growing the game, uh, there's no doubt Bettman's done a great job. What does it mean having full houses again? Well, I mean, the two games at home um, that I did, and I was not at the game last night, that was a TNT game, but right. um, it, it, it was remarkable. The, I mean, sure, last year they did allow some fans in the second half of the year, and that was good. It certainly that was better than nothing. But it still wasn't very loud, and it wasn't it wasn't really rocking. These these uh, games this year, totally different vibe, um, especially in the game against Seattle when the when the scraps started taking place. And you know, I, I got a nice, uh, a very long, well written email sent to me from a fan who detests the fighting and doesn't like when I pump it up and thinks that it's the meaning to the game and all that. But I, I mean, we're in the business of entertainment. Uh, you just have to look at MMA. You have to just look at WFC. I mean, look at all these things that are where there's more fighting than in hockey, yeah, and they're still right. popular. I mean, well, I don't want to get into the fighting, anti-fighting argument, but the bottom line is that place when when Nick Sealer got up and was roaring, and when Nate Thompson went after Bastion, who had gone after Giroux, the, the place was electric. I mean, as much as when they score goals. So um, it was fun to, to feel that again because it seems like it's been more than just a couple of years. It felt like about five years since we've had that kind of electricity. It it uh, it was great. Gary Bettman certainly has been able to forge a much better working relationship with the players. How he handled the pandemic, an extension on the on the uh, collective bargaining agreement, and one of the concessions was to play in the Olympics, which this time would be in Beijing. That means that the last weekend of the season is right around I don't know April twenty eight, twenty nine. I mean, how do you feel about the length of the season in terms of you know the fact that it's going to extend that long? Well, I mean, I, I think the league discovered last year because uh, you know they played a 56-game schedule starting in, in mid-January that we had to go all the way through April. That it wasn't all that bad. It, it wasn't horrible that it ended a little bit later because in, in past years when we went to the Olympics, they they took the time off, but they kind of still jump jammed the schedule into the same time frame, and it led for a hellacious schedule of. Uh, you know, four games and five nights and all kinds of stuff that led to injuries and so forth. I think this time they said, okay, we're, we're going to the Olympics and we're going to condense the schedule a little bit, but we're not going to, to go overboard here. We're just going to extend the season out a little. And if it ends in, you know, late June, early July, as opposed to, to mid-June, then so be it. Because they ended in, what, first week, I believe, of July last year. And right. uh, they might have even snuck into the second week of July last year. And and uh, I didn't think, you know, I don't think anybody was really complaining. It wasn't as bad as they thought it would be. So, um, I mean, I do think they want to have a, as close to a full off season one of these days because players recover that way and and such. But uh, I like the way they've done this. I do think the Olympics. Uh, you know, the players want to play. Um, I'm not sure because of the timing and all that how much it's going to grow the game uh, in terms of just people watching the games in the Olympics this year because they're in China, but. Uh, right. But it, it is, uh, it's a spectacle, and I think it's good that the NHL does get back to the Olympics. 
Jim, an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today, and especially so early in the season. Can't wait to talk to you again. Anytime. Love talking to Flyers. You know that.